Welcome to the Roadie Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Rohn, with a great interview for you guys today with Jerry Kuhn. He is a world gold medalist in the Masters Olympic weightlifting, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI-focused sports podcast. We will deep dive into your local high school, college, and sports programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Roadie Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Rohn, and welcome to episode four. On today's episode, I bring to you a great interview with one of my best friends, Jerry Kuhn. He is an Olympic gold medalist and Masters Olympic weightlifting. He recently just took Worlds two years ago. Great interview with Jerry Kuhn. We have a, a lot of fun talking about his time and up and coming of what it's been like in the Olympic weightlifting world and coming up and becoming one of the best out there. So much fun with this interview. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. But before we get into that interview today, I have no updates of what's going on in Rhode Island uh, with the coronavirus. We are inching closer to high school sports. Um, Time is coming up. I have not heard anything new besides uh, Rhode Island Scholastic, Interscholastic League. So trying to figure out things that's going on. We don't know if we're going to have fall sports for this fall coming up. I know one thing that we're probably going to have for fall, and it looks like we're, I know the NBA playoffs are going on, which I will talk about in, that's going to happen into the fall and probably end in October. But it's kind of crazy that we're going to have three conferences going on for college football at the time, which is absolutely crazy. So we're going to have the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC all competing this fall at this current moment, at this time. The schedule has been released. We know what's going to happen. These three conferences are going to carry on through whatever is going on right now with the coronavirus and play in their season wild folks this is absolutely wild because we've had the big 10 uh we've had the pac 12 of the power five we've had the big east we have the aac canceled it's so interesting right now in the sports world that they're canceling and those guys are pushing back into into spring so these three conferences are currently going to play their seasons where does that leave a national champion? What's going to happen? How How is this going to work out? Are there other schools that are just going to drop out of, you know, Ohio State? Are they going to drop out of the Big Ten and join the SEC? Is Michigan going to also drop out of the Big Ten and go to the Big 12? Are we going to have power conferences that are going to play each other? Are we going to have one big championship at the end of the year? It's interesting, folks. It's we're we're in a weird, weird, weird time right now with everything that's going on with Corona. Um, it's very hard to explain right now. I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna be facing, but I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked that the SEC, the Big Twelve, or the ACC have canceled. I mean, football is religion down south. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's going to be a crazy time. I mean, I'm excited to watch it, but I'm hoping that they do it in the best way that they can protect the players, the fans, if they have fans, the coaches, 
making sure everyone is going to be tested for coronavirus if it's going to be like an mlb situation where anyone goes to Western states <clears throat> miami by any chance in florida um that they're going to be tested and come out with the coronavirus because it seems like every mlb person that comes out and plays in miami has the coronavirus so it's going to be interesting how this is going to work out going forward i apologize for my throat as well too folks um a bit of a sore throat not corona i just got tested I'm negative on the test but uh, it's the air conditioning and the allergies combined so i apologize if my voice sounds a little hoarse um but anyways i'm interested to see what happens with the college football season because we're gonna have an sec we're gonna have an acc we're gonna have a big 12 play I don't know what the NCAA is going to do, how it's going to work out um, an actual national champion, or if these people that actually do play through this are just national champions, period. Um, but it's going to be an interesting show for sure of the conference play um, and if other conference, if other teams are going to drop out of conferences to join those conferences. So it's going to be really, really interesting going forward or what we're going to face and what we're going to see Who's going to play who? What's going to happen? Um, could we have an Alabama versus Michigan matchup? That would be amazing. Harwell versus Saving. I would love to see that. Um, who knows? I would love to see a power of conferences. I mean, just as a football fan in itself, but as long as they're doing it in the right, protective way, we don't want to endanger anyone. We don't want anyone to get sick. We don't want to pass on the coronavirus. The coronavirus is serious as all hell, and I can't mention that enough. I mean, I took the test recently, and it, it absolutely sucked. So I can't imagine people aren't going through it every, every day. God bless you all. But it's going to be interesting what the NCAA does with these three conference, these three power conferences. I don't even know what the mid-majors that are actually playing as well, too. I don't know if they canceled but we'll we'll see you know we'll see what's gonna happen i'm excited i'm still excited we're gonna have it looks like we're gonna have nfl nba and college football all going on at the same time uh like and it's early going on and the nba playoffs that are going on right now and for the nba playoffs for all you Celtics fans out there and we know that there's a ton of you out there because you're all from new england that are listening maybe um the Celtics have swept the 76ers and I was not predicting that I had the the Celtics going in six. I was surprised as you know, but they did it. They did a great job. Um, it's gonna be interesting playing against the Raptors in the next round. Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Arley, uh Pascal Siakam versus Kim Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Two big threes versus each other. Uh could possibly get Gordon Hayward for the Celtics at the end of the series. He had recently left the bubble because his wife is having a baby with the ankle injury. With the ankle injuries, like four weeks. So we'll see what happens. But it's going to be interesting uh, to see the Celtics and what goes on with them and how they do. I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping and my fingers are crossed for Celtics Lakers finals. Um, just. Bring back the rivalry with the new guys versus the old guys. Uh, you know, the old guys being LeBron. Um, but it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see what happens with the NBA playoffs. I think the NBA is, is just thriving right now. MLB is still struggling with corona tests. Uh, anyone that goes to Miami, 
<laughs> plays against Miami is always parting or clubbing and ends up with the COVID. So I don't know what's going to happen, how long that season is going to go. It's looking like November now that they're going to have the playoffs. So we'll see what happens with the MLB. NHL hockey players playoffs are going on, which is great. Um, not too sure what's going on, to be honest with you, on that, on that forefront. But it looks like we have sports back and full swings of th- swole- Full swing of things, and I'm excited to see what the NFL brings. I know we have Hard Knocks coming up, and it has been going on. I shouldn't say coming up, but it has been going on between, and it's filmed between the Chargers and the uh, the uh, Rams, both Los Angeles teams. So that's been great as well. A lot of COVID focus here, as long as this, you know, like this podcast has been in the past few episodes. So it's been great. I mean, we'll see what happens with football basketball brings to the table we have golf going on tiger made a run today but dj johnson also saw, shot a 20 a 22 under last time i checked so i mean we're great we're blessed we're blessed that we're able to have sports our sports back and everything that's going on but speaking of sports i really want to get into this interview for you guys today a great interview i can't say it enough i really 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 good friend of mine what probably one of my best friends jerry coon he is an olympic weightlifter um in his division of masters of uh 40 and up 40 40 and 44 up um he does he does an amazing job he's competing in nationals coming up on august 30th this guy's just got the competitive edge he is the jordan of olympic weightlifting just with that competitive competitive and you'll hear it in our interview that he takes no time off um just a hard worker owner of western crossfit here in rhode island as well too and just does a great job at his craft and does a great job with the gym very blessed to have him in my life and very blessed to have him as a best friend but here is my interview with jerry coon On today's podcast, I welcome on a very special guest, my good friend, Jared Kuhn. He is the World Masters gold medalist weightlifter, record holder in New England, and American Masters, New England and American Masters, fuck, record holder of <laughs> New England and American Masters weightlifting, and owner of Western CrossFit and Barbell Club. Jared, how's it going today? It's great, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. I am very lucky to be doing this interview because Jared is in the town of Wesley, born and raised in Wesley, but lives in Pawtuck now, but whatever. We'll take it as... Close enough. Close enough. We'll take it for Rhode Island, but Jared is a good friend of mine, and Jared has been weightlifting for a while. He's been accomplishing a ton of goals, and, you know, I was happy to bring him on my podcast because I want people to know about him, his story, and how he became, you know, just such a great Olympic weightlifter and, you know, just something, a gem in our town that and a gem in our state that people don't really, you know, not much really heard about. And I want to spread the news about his accomplishments and as they keep going and we're going to keep seeing more of those. So, but Jared, I want to ask you, when did you get into weightlifting? So when I was 30, I started the CrossFit. Um, at 31, I had a really traumatic shoulder injury um, from wrestling. So I tore it out and I had to have a bunch of reconstructive surgery to put it back together. Um, so that ended my competitive wrestling career and I was looking for something to fill that that competitive space So I really just started concentrating on the Olympic weightlifting um, 
and just week by week I started getting a little bit better and better as the shoulder healed up and that just came into this so what like what was the first lift that actually got you like addicted to the weightlifting so there's two um <clears throat> when I started off the first time that I really did a full full-on snatch um I remember I was just doing it. I didn't really know what was going on yet I was just doing a CrossFit style snatch and little by little I was dropping into it and there's an Olympic weightlifting coach here at the time and uh, I just caught this 175 pound snatch and at that time I thought it was just the biggest lift anyone ever hit in the, the history of the United Worlds you know and like I hit it and I was super stoked about it and I'll never forget it and then you know when I was done the coach came up to me and was like hey man just so you know like for a guy your size that's not that good you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's still one of my favorite lifts ever you know that like really excited me about uh, weightlifting and kind of got me into it you know that's awesome that's really cool and i know every time i come in here you're always working hard what made you get into like when did you start competing so what got me really into it was uh the coach that I had come out, Ryan Whittemore, he coached some classes for me when I tore my shoulder and uh, needed some CrossFit coaching. He came out and talked about some barbell club stuff, uh, just doing strictly weightlifting instead of CrossFit. Um, and as I started lifting, we talked about that lift, you know, where he said, oh, it's not that great. But I started getting better each week. And uh, he basically just told me, you know, you're going to be a master soon, which is 35 and up. He said, and if you train this, you'll break New England records. Like, you can be good enough to start breaking some New England records. And like I said, I was doing weightlifting to make up for the, the lack of competition in, in wrestling, right? I was no longer a competitive wrestler, so I had to focus on something else. And I was like, well, if I'm good at this, let's do it. And then that's, you know, that's what started it. And then just hit the ground running pretty just, much. Just kept going. Yeah. It went from training, you know, CrossFit and some bodybuilding stuff three times a week and doing some Olympic weightlifting once or twice a week and now I'm you know five days a week three hours a day just Olympic weightlifting training that's crazy that's absolutely crazy and when did you like first qualify for your nationals so my first year weightlifting um, I actually qualified for nationals but it was out in California so we didn't really have the the financials to, to get out there the first year so in 16 I qualified again and we'd saved up knowing this and uh, in 2016 was my first national uh, championship and I took third um, and then since then you know I had an injury I tore my bicep and I had to take a year off um, and then I've won it in 18 19 and hoping to repeat in 20 that's crazy man that's crazy what's it like when you get up on that platform and all eyes are on you and you know you have to like make a lift to you, you know, know advance yourself and it's funny because when I was in uh, in high school as, as a wrestler I was a total head case you know I was the best kid in practice I'd just be amazing in practice my coach loved me because how hard it worked and then i'd go out to wrestle on the mat and i was just petrified i was so afraid all the time of losing of getting hurt hurting somebody else and uh it oh it just took me out of some matches you know and i was i was still good i was all state my senior year and i was a freshman state champ and all that stuff but i was always afraid i was a very fearful kid and for whatever reason weightlifting is the exact opposite i'm super confident when i walk on the platform you know, I don't even see anything in front of the bar. There's judges, there's spectators, there's your family, there's all kinds of stuff. But when I walk out, I literally see the bar and I can see two feet in front of me and it's just go time. That's there's awesome. no there's no thought process. I'm, I'm nervous right up until I walk on the platform and then I just chill out, it's time to go. When that time, when you come up to a platform and you know you have to make a, a lift to win, is there anything that like you know, are you just still confident or do you just like, what's just, friggin nail this and get out of here. I try to clear my mind. I know, so I'm 
I'm one of those guys, again, in training, I'm a monster, right? I have a ton of fun. I lift as much weight as I possibly can. We have a really cool team and good workout partners. Um, and I think the reason I'm not super nervous when I go out is because I train for this and I all, and the way I look at it is I'm just showing everybody what I do every day. Yeah. Right. I'm not doing anything different. I don't, it's not like wrestling where like a kid can catch you or, you know, even like basketball, you can, you can sink a shot. You'd be like, holy cow, I can't believe I just made that. Yeah, like yeah, in weightlifting, yeah. you have two seconds, but it's the same two seconds that you've trained 500 times and I have to hit that one lift and just be done with it. You know, and I've done it now. I just get to show everybody what I do. That's awesome. And what was like the first time when you won nationals? Like, what's that? What's that feeling when it runs through your mind? Like that you know you like hit a big accomplishment in this in this career. So this is the kind of competitor I am. When uh, when I took third at nationals, there was a guy Don Smith, and he beat me. And I'll never forget it. He beat me at Pan Ams the year before. So I was like, okay, I really really want to beat this guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> But the first year that I won nationals in 18, he was in my weight class again. And uh, I just wanted to beat this guy more than anything, you know. Yeah. And I, I beat him and I took I won the championship, but I was still super down on myself because I didn't break any American records, which if you think about it, is kind of insane, you know. Like, oh, I'm not the strongest guy ever in the history of America. Yeah, That's yeah. so bad. But um, to me, there's always other places to go. And I was very happy when I won it, but I wasn't satisfied i wasn't done and i always told my wife if i win nationals it's all i need i just need to win it once and i'll be great and then i won it and the second i got off the plane i was like all right we got to do better next year you know we have to do better than winning somehow yeah. and that's you know that's when like all the american records i started breaking all the american records and i think in total you know there's three records that you can break and i broke them like seven times oh you know God. over that year <laughs> that's crazy um the new england records i broke i've been breaking new england records for five years now I currently hold nine but before that I mean I've broken I've broken the same six or nine records like a, you know a dozen or, or more times so that's crazy you know for me it's all about like okay I'm good I won but there's if there's another thing that I can do to make myself better I'm gonna do it and now the goal is world records that's awesome that's yeah. really cool now do you still have Don Smith in the back of your mind every time you like go after things or? you know <laughs> for sure there, there's guys you know I'm on Instagram and I like follow these guys and I'm like oh man this, this guy's pretty strong he might come at me you know yeah. and I, I stalk like every good weightlifter in the country on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff um, because again there, there's nothing that motivates you more than fear right like yeah. you, if you, if you want to win go find somebody that scares you and that's either yeah, yeah, <laughs> train with them or watch them train or, you know, I work out with a guy who owns Providence Barbell, uh, Dave Ether, and he comes down once a week for us to train together. Um, and he's, him and I are the strongest guys in New England, you know, definitely the strongest masters in the world, never mind New England. Um, and for him to be that close is just such a gift, but he comes down and we just have grind sessions every Tuesday, you know, and we always tell each other, if you're the strongest guy in the gym, find another gym yeah. you know so he comes down here i'll go up there um just to get some really really heavy training in and just to get that atmosphere is you know you, you can't buy it that's awesome yeah, so you got great. you got like that jordan the michael jordan like breakfast club like you oh, yeah. work out with these guys like to help you make yourself make yourself better pretty much is like yeah. the competition that is pushing you yeah like yeah that's that's awesome man you have to surround yourself with good people you know like uh we have some great partners here who come out you know aaron blatt you know uh Amanda Farrar and all those guys, they come out and I train with them like, you know, four to 
five times a week, you know, and Erin, she's a massage therapist. She'll help me with recovery and stuff. You know, she'll tape up my thumbs and all this, you know, all this great stuff to keep me going. So training partners for me are just as important as anything else, you know, like it just, it's, it's, it's invaluable. Coaching and, and training partners are the best things you can do. That's awesome. Yeah. You definitely need that. I think when you surround yourself, no matter what sport it is, I think you need like a good, like people to train with, like someone's going to push you, make you better and actually just make you have fun too when you're like yeah. you're doing it. That's yeah. like the best part about it. Right? Like I said, we do three hour sessions, you know, and yeah. like probably 20 minutes of that collectively is just us singing to 80s songs, you know, yeah. <laughs> between sets and stuff like that. You know, we're singing, Aaron and them are always dancing between sets and, you know, having a good time. But when it's time to line up to the bar and go, everybody gets quiet. You know, it's like a meet. It really is because yeah. they can tell when the intensity's up. They know when someone's going for something big and the whole gym, you know, we have another master weightlifter, Kevin uh, Hurley, that comes out and like they just they'll just surround the person hitting this big lift, get quiet and they'll just when it's time to cheer, they'll cheer, you know, and the intensity goes through the roof really quick. You hit your lift as soon as the weight hits the ground and you're done right back. back right now. It's cool. Yeah, now yeah. everybody's having fun yeah. again. And but when it's time, you know, your partners know it's time and they turn it on and they, the intensity really gets gets where it needs to be for that lift, you know? That's really cool. That's awesome that you have that and you have such great people to be here with you. I mean, I know you wish I could be here all the time. Of course, just, of course. You know, <laughs> we, we can sing. We can <laughs> yeah, sing yeah, yeah, we can sing. Just talk about Rocky movies. No, of course, 100%. <laughs> Jared's a big Rocky fan for all the fans listening out there. We always talk about Rocky no matter no matter what. Like no Rocky matter, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who, if this song was in it or not. <laughs> yeah, we just had that conversation this morning. So, uh, But you also... You went to Denver the train with like other competitors, right? Out in the, like out in the Olympic Center. What? Yeah. What was that experience like? Because not a lot of people get to experience that in their lifetime either. That was as an adult, you know, other than you know marriage and kids and nieces and nephews being born and stuff like that. Yeah. That was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my entire life. It was um, so a lot of people don't understand, including me, before this what it takes to be an Olympian and what it takes to be the absolute best in the world. Um, and they were having this master's camp. So I went out for it um, at the Olympic Training Center in uh, Colorado. And when I got there, you know, they bring you in and, they, and you're just a, you're a resident athlete. You're an athlete that lives there for the next week. So you get there, you get your room, you go to bed. You wake up in the morning, you eat, you go do your warm up for a half an hour. You do um, some type of talk. Right, so we'll talk about um, clean, clean sport stuff like that. Any, any, any recovery stuff, um, and then you'll go. You'll do your first training session of the day. You know, two hours, two and a half hours. You'll train. Yeah. You eat again. You take a shower. You take a nap. <laughs> you eat again. You train for another two and a half hours. You know. Yeah, yeah. You, you live weightlifting, and that's it. So it's there's nothing on your mind whatsoever. You you train. And you sleep and you eat and there's nothing else going on. So this, it's like, it was unbelievable to see the dedication because there are people who live here year round. You know, I went for a camp, but there are people, you know, these young Olympic hopefuls, they live there. They don't go anywhere else, you know, like they might go home for their birthday, but these kids live there just about year round. Wow. You know, and this, and to be able to live that for even that short amount of time, I've done it twice and both camps, you know, you make, again, you make great friends and stuff like that. You're an adult, you have roommates and stuff. But uh, the actual experience of living like a resident athlete is just something that if, if you ever get the chance to experience it, just do it. You know, go to these basketball camps and do, do whatever you can do. You know, if you have young kids and stuff and you want to send them to these camps, 
it is worth every penny and the experience is unmatched. That's amazing. And it gives you like the insight of like what like these actual guys are on TV that they're experiencing in like their lives and like what an actual like professional athlete this is what they do. Oh yeah, like, the, on dedication. A daily yeah. the dedication. Yeah. The dedication is amazing. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much goes into like the the you know, I think a lot of kids think like it's just talent based and if I put right. in like an hour or something like that, I'm good. But like you have to put in like like you said you work out three hours a day pretty yeah. much. Like that's crazy because you perfecting your craft and you're continuing to grow as like the person that you are and winning like all your accolades that you keep winning and like setting these records is just amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's been fun. That's awesome, man. And then you know, uh you also made worlds for the first time over France. And what was that like? Was it in France or was well, it? No, there? so the first one was actually in Heinsheim, Germany. Okay, that's where it was. Yeah, so yeah, that exactly. was, uh, I, you know, <clears throat> I, I always thought that I was kind of cursed for Worlds. So in, uh, in 16, I went to uh, Heinsheim, Germany, yep. and I took second, which was, I couldn't believe it. You know, I was over the moon at I this point. That. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, huge. Yeah. You know, it was, and, and just to put it in perspective, that was a... A 277 kilo total. So whatever that is in pounds, I don't know what it is. But, yeah. that, you know, you can do the math. Yeah. Um, but 277 kilo total took second that year. And then I was super excited about 17, and I was moving some equipment, and I tore my bicep. And then, obviously, I had to have surgery to have it reattached, yeah. you know. Um, and that year, the world championship was in New Zealand, and the winning total was 260 kilos. So that's you know, yeah. in a good day, that's a win. That's a world championship that I missed due to the bicep. Yeah, yeah. So then in 18, same thing. I'm in great shape. I'm ready to go. And my wife got sick and had an emergency surgery the day before we were supposed to leave. That's right. That's right. So that's another top three finish, you know. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm never going to, you know, Worlds is a curse and I'm never going to do it again. Yeah. And then uh, in 19... We it was in Canada, right in Canada, so that's not bad. Yeah, um, it was a seven or eight hour drive for us, which wasn't bad. I actually got to bring some friends with us, and they they came, and you know we all stayed in hotels, and we got to um, kind of hang out and keep me calm for it. And thankfully, I had a great day, and I won it. And just to give you a reference, that was a three hundred and eight kilo total, so a thirty one kilo jump in you know three years which is at my age incredible that's not you know 30 kilos is not uh that's not easily fought at 40 years old you know what i mean they're 39 so that's crazy that's really crazy and And then then back to the curse 2020 got canceled due to covid so (laughs) (laughs) and this was uh this for sure was going to be the you know hopefully the repeat breaking the world records like i'm even stronger now i totaled 315 at my last competition i was hoping for the 320s so we were well on our way to winning you know, a second world championship yeah. in COVID. So maybe 2021 will be the year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. man. It sounds like the curse let you get at least one out of it. Right? That, yeah, that's yeah. I told him. Yeah. I said, once you win one, yeah. you're always a world champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It doesn't matter how yeah. many you win. Yeah. You only got to win one. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, you know, like I said, I'm always going for more. I want I want two. I want three. I want, I'll keep going, you know. How do you, like, stay focused, too, for, like, you know, you know, like, do you think that injury of the bicep made you stronger? Like, do you think you got stronger for that? And like, how do you stay focused to continue to want to win too, as well? To, yeah. To, so the bicep, we I've talked about this a couple times. Um, a lot of people have said that the bicep was probably the best thing that ever happened to my weightlifting career. Um, I'm a very, I was a very like a push dominant weightlifter. You know, I could put things over my head and 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 bench and all that stuff. I could bench 400 pounds and all this crazy stuff. But I actually benched 400 pounds before I squatted it. 
So when I got hurt, my squat was mid fours, 450, 475 pounds, something like that. And when I was in my sling, I had surgery and I was in this big, huge brace and I squatted three times a week with a safety bar just so that I could get my legs stronger. So all I did, I basically squatted every other day for three months. And I mean heavy, as heavy as I possibly could. And the first time I squatted 500 pounds was in a sling. So, if, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. We, we trained and trained and trained because I knew the only way I would come back from that injury is if my legs were stronger than they were going in. So that is a big part of why my total went up. My legs are a lot stronger. So it, uh, you know, it, it is, you know, a blessing, I guess, right? Like I got hurt, but yeah. I was able to at least do the squats. And as far as mentally, you know, I, uh, I did everything – you know what it is? You have to set your goals, right? So my original goals were break New England records. And this, I mean, I literally broke a New England record. The bar hit the ground and I was like, all right, what's next? What's next? What's next? And like I said, you know, nationals, worlds, all this stuff. World Now the big uh, thing for me is a world record, you know, which I, my current lifts are bigger than the world records for my age and weight. So I'm well on my way. Um, and the big goal for me now after world records is to be in the New England Hall of Fame. Right, I always thought that'd be a cool thing to do, be in the New England, really, you yeah, know, weightlifting really cool. Hall of Fame and stuff like that, be yeah. all the old school guys, you know. Um, but as you know, the the biggest thing for me, focus wise, after I won worlds, there's an old tradition that if you retire from weightlifting, you leave your shoes like wrestling, you leave your shoes on the platform and you walk off the platform, and everybody knows, okay, this guy's done forever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I told my wife, I said, you know, I said, if I win Worlds, because I knew I had a really good shot, I said, I, I, might, I might have to leave my shoes. I might be done. Like, there's nothing else for me to do. Yeah, yeah. And she's a smart woman. And she's like, don't you dare do that. You'll go nuts. She's like, if you don't have something to train for, you're going to go crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't leave the shoes, thankfully. But I'm glad you didn't, though, because you're doing great things. We always see you down here working out and everything like that. And, you know, I'm glad that you're just continuing chasing. You're so, like, such a driven person. It's, it's crazy. To like hear that motivation, like I see it, but like I don't think we've actually like Ever had like a, had like a full conversation about it because yeah. I know you're always chasing and like trying to chase for those goals, but I think not realizing that yeah. you, you want to set like those world records and like yeah. well I should know better because you got that Jordan mentality where yeah, you want yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's a weird sport too, you know, because there's there's no money in it, you know, it's one of those things where if you want to go to a world championship, you got to foot the bill yourself and you got to go out there and. You know, I'm lucky enough to where, you know, I pay for coaching. You know, my coach is Will Fleming um, out in Indiana. He was a Masters World Champion, Junior National Champion, Masters National Champion, all this, you know, his accolades are amazing. Um, but he uh, he is really my biggest expense other than recovery. You know, owning a gym is great. Yeah. My time schedule is perfect because we have, you know, open gym for all of our athletes from one to four. Yeah. And I just train. Right. That's that's my I'm here anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, exactly. so even if I wasn't an athlete, you know, I'd still be here. So yeah. it just works out perfectly. You know, financially, I have some expenses for like recovery and things like that. But I don't have to pay for a gym. I don't have to carve. You know, a lot of people have to, you know, oh, man, I got to get out of work. I got to run here. I got to go to the gym. Well, my work is here. Yeah. Right. So I have that perfect scenario there. That's, yeah, you, know. you pretty much are, like live here. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I live yeah, at the gym. Yeah. I, I go home into the gym, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, you know? those are the two places. I see you a bunch here. You're always doing classes. Yeah, like either work and so that's good. I mean, it's great they can turn something that you, that free time that you have down here into your competition and like 
prepare for everything that you need to do. Yeah. Like that, that's like the best part uh, about it. Like, you know, I'll ask you about the gym in like a couple of minutes, but I want to ask you about your next competition. When is that coming up and how they're going to do that with coronavirus? Yeah. So I was super bummed out. Um, for me, I only compete two to three times a year. I'll do one local competition. Um, and I used to do that to qualify me for nationals, but once you win nationals, you're basically invited for life. So I've won two now, so I'm always in nationals. So I don't really have to do that local meet, but I still like to to shake some rust off. Yeah. Um, and then we do Masters Nationals and Masters Worlds. So when Corona hit, we knew everything was going to be jumbled, and Masters Nationals is usually um, late March, early April. And they just kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then all of a sudden, it was right on top of Worlds. So they ended up canceling Worlds and they changed Nationals from us going down to Orlando in this huge convention center and 1,000 or 1,200 athletes to us doing it online. So it's, it's a weird thing. They're still going to time you the same. You still have to weigh in. You still have to... Uh, send in the lifts to be approved and things like that. So they have national referees that are going to look at the lifts and tell you if it's a good lift or a bad lift and all that stuff. Um, and we are super lucky that we have, you know, Aaron and Kevin that I've already talked about. They're, they're masters. So they're going to also be doing this competition with me. And I have a couple of remote athletes in Massachusetts that I coach outside of the state. And one of them's a master. And he's going to come down as well. So we're going to have almost our own mini camp, yeah. you know. Um, so like I said, competition wise, for whatever reason in Olympic weightlifting, I'm super focused. I walk on, like I said, I want to show everybody, look how hard I work to do this one thing. Yeah, yeah. I need you to see this. Look at me, you know? Yeah, yeah. So to do it at home isn't quite the same, you know, well, it'll still, the intensity will be high. You know, we'll have all of our fellow lifters there. We'll get our families down here, cheer us on, you know, yeah. obviously we'll social distance and have masks on and stuff, but it'll, hopefully we can try to match that intensity. Um, and I'm super, super thankful to Masters Weightlifting um, for even giving us the opportunity. They could have just canceled it yeah. and called it a day, you know. And like I said, for someone like me, I, I won Nationals 18. I won at 19. I want to win at 20. Yeah, I yeah. want to win at 21. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. You want to keep going and keep going. Just get those titles back to back to I back. I want back. trophies everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, can I have one? Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just send me a trophy. Just it's send fine. me a trophy. It's yeah, I'll just put it, put it as a centerpiece. <laughs> <laughs> No big deal. I lived in Put it on your hood ornament yeah. on your car, you know? Yeah. I just, if you don't want one, you know? <laughs> yeah. You don't need this. I'll you don't take need it. it. Yeah. Just it's a good talking piece. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, now the gym, you, you brought the gym a couple times. So you own the gym. You own a gym. It's called Westview CrossFit. Mm -hmm. What's, you know, tell the listeners what the gym is about, what you guys have. Like, what are the classes? I mean, it's, besides just CrossFit. Besides yeah. CrossFit, yeah. You know? So we started out. In, uh, and you, you've been here basically from the beginning. So yeah. we're in the basement of a furniture store, you know, <clears throat> where this, we were started out, it's a 10,000 square foot building. And I think we rented about 1,800 square feet of that in the basement for a little boot camp and uh, um, personal training studio. So it was always high intensity stuff, functional movements and things like that. And uh, once we were open for about six months, we I actually went to a mud run which, as you know, is not like yeah. me at all. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Can't picture it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. while we were doing it, I saw, because I'd heard about CrossFit. There's a guy who owned CrossFit in Providence, and his son, I coached him in wrestling, and he said, oh, you should look into CrossFit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, someday, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, while we were up there, 
there were just tons and tons of people wearing these CrossFit shirts because Massachusetts has been big yeah. a lot longer than down here. So I came home and uh, the CrossFit games were on TV. It, that just happened to That's be at so that weird. time. You know? so, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Look at these women lifting all this weight and yeah. these guys are like doing these gymnastic muscle ups and all this stuff. So we ended up becoming a CrossFit um, about a year into us uh, opening and we're now going on our 10 year anniversary in January. Um, but, you know, going from the boot camp to the CrossFit, we never got rid of the boot camp because we understand, you know, the, the CrossFit is high intensity, functional movement, stuff like that, um, constantly varied, but there's a lot of barbell stuff in it. So we have our, our CrossFit, which is very um, traditional CrossFit. You know, if, if you've been to one CrossFit gym, you kind of know what we do. Yeah. And, um, stuff like that. But we also offer that, that boot camp style workout, which is, again, high intensity function movements, not a lot of barbells, right? Yeah. More kettlebells and box jumps, things like that. And then we have our uh, Wesley Barbell. We're a sanctioned barbell club through USA Weightlifting, yeah. um, which is the only governing body in the country. Um, and that, that's a small, small program. You know, we have some younger kids in it. We have some older people in it. We have um, pretty much all over the board, but it's, it's, uh, it's granted the time to be here because we have so much space. We've built from that 1,800 square feet to take over the entire 10,000 square feet. So now, you know, you can see it. We have the 11 platforms for weightlifting. We have, you know, 8,000 square feet of CrossFit and boot camp. So um, it's it's evolved a lot over time. And the good thing about CrossFit is it's, it's also evolved. You know, we, we went from very sport specific like hey crossfit is a sport yeah and they had very elite level athletes and everybody when they got into like i want to compete i want to do this to what it is now where it's evolved it's still a sport you know there there's a a competitive portion of crossfit but there's a huge portion of crossfit that is just fitness yeah. you know it's just hey man let's be good at everyday stuff by training like this yeah yeah you know yeah it's 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 like for the listeners it's awesome like and i've done both the boot camp and the, the CrossFit, and I get my butt kicked all the time in a good in a good way. But like, it's different functional movements, but it, it's good for the, like body. And I feel like it's not the hate on the cross. It's not as culty, and like we're yeah. very very um, the community down here is just a whole a whole different level than I have ever experienced before. I feel like everyone's really nice and polite. Like, always feel welcome when you come down here, and you try not like no matter what what the situation is and yeah you know and you all and jared always has a smile on his face and you can always crack a joke with him and you know even make light even though the workout's gonna suck that day you can always be like can we just do my my goal is just do bench and yeah. arms all day can we just do bench and biceps <laughs> yeah yeah that, yeah we're just gonna do bench and biceps is, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is that our thing but yeah. you know but like what you guys do and like honestly it's like it it changes lives and like in a, yeah. in a positive way and it also brings like friendship and you know if you could be the in a, community yeah, yeah is awesome down here one one we live in a great town yeah, we yeah. live in a great state you know Westchester's a small town yeah. Rhode Island's a small state um and the cool thing is we get being in a in a beach town yeah we get a lot of walk-ins so yeah. we get to hear a lot of stuff from other crossfits and they come in like man this place is great we love it you know there's so many cool people here and the members most of us came from here, you know, we're from Westerly or we're from, you know, Stonington, things like that. Um, and it's, it's so cool because you're all coming in, like, you know what it is at the beginning of class. Everybody gets together, they talk yeah. about their day, yeah. what's going on, and this yeah. and that. 
we work out super hard for an hour and then you all talk again and then you go home right yeah exactly so, and and it's one of those things we we've, we've built this culture to where if if you're in it for sport or you want to be a competitive crossfitter cool right yeah that, that's awesome but if you're here just to work out and get your 45 minutes of exercise that's cool too and there's no downside to that no one's looking down like oh well, i'm a competitor so this guy's not on my level yeah and you're not like oh that guy's competitive don't talk to him there's none of that yeah right everybody comes in have a good time everybody knows everybody's name and their kids and their wives and husbands and stuff like that it's just yeah it's awesome it's awesome yeah i feel like every time no matter like what the level of competition is too especially when you do the crossfit like Everyone's cheering everyone on. It's never like someone's just cleaning up and they're trying to get the hell out of here after they finish their workout and someone else is still trying to work out. Like, they're like, come on, let's go. You can do this. Like, you know, it's always cheering someone on and like being supportive. And it's just such a cool community. It's always something that, like, when I've left and gone to other CrossFits, I've always just like looked for that. And I don't think I've been able to find that. And it's cool to come back. Every time I keep coming back, I'm like a boomerang. I just keep coming back. <laughs> but like, I just keep coming back and I keep finding that here and I always feel like no matter what day uh, crap day I'm having that this community always like brings me up like I could have the worst day but I'm always like laughing down here like something funny or yeah. joke or we crack jokes all the time so it's always it's always a comfort level so yeah I mean it's it's not just I mean it's mostly exercise but it's not just exercise you know you, you don't come here Anyone can go to any gym yeah. and not have coaching and not have programming and just kind of walk in and I'm going to do this today and you know you, you have your headphones in, you don't talk to anybody, you're not being taught anything, you just walk in, you do your stuff and you go home, right? Yeah. Here you walk in, you see your friends every day, it's just like when you're in high school, right? You yeah. go in, you see all your friends, you're having a great time, okay, now it's time to work, right? Yeah. You got to go to English class, yeah. that's, yeah. that's our workout, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, we get to hang out again and, and you have your coaching and you have your programming, there's no... There's no thought process on your part. You come in, talk to your friends, your coach tells you what to do, how to do yeah. it, fixes anything that you're doing wrong, yeah. gets you through the workout, and then we all just kind of like let you go for recess. Yeah. You know, everybody gets to go and yeah, have a good yeah, time yeah. again and go home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And honestly, like, and Jared's like the best with form. He's always like, he knows his things, and it's awesome because like, there's so many bad things that people. Jeff speaking of <laughs> so, that I do that, like but he picks up on it and I always like appreciate it because I don't come out leaving with a sore ass or a back or something like that right, you know, you know? Right. so that's like that's what I love I love it here I have two more questions and we'll wrap this yeah, up yeah for sure um, one what is an off season like for a weightlifter for those who don't know or like what do you like to do in your off season or like so I am, again, I'm a weird person. So most weightlifters, you know, the competition season will come to an end. You know, you have your American Open Series and then your national championship and stuff like that. And if you're not selected for a world team, most people are done. Qualifying for nationals is a very hard thing to do. The qualifying totals are super, super high. The competitions are very, the the competitions are very small because most people can't hit the, 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 lowest number to get into the competition yeah. is higher than most people will ever lift right so once you qualify for that and you finish that most people will take anywhere from a month to three months just off you know they might come in and squat they'll have some fun they'll do some light movements but for four weeks they just kind of let their bodies recover because it's it's a long season um I don't love that. So if I'm not moving <laughs> I'm, not yeah, I, I'm not happy you know so uh, after a big meet 
you know, a nationals or a masters worlds or whatever, I'll take a week and then I'm going nuts and I, and I have to get back into it, you know? Um, I'm sure at some point I'm going to be like, okay, we'll take a month, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, we're seven years in now and, uh, I'm not quite ready to, to take any time off or anything like that. Like, I just want to be better tomorrow. You know, that's, 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 <laughs> I'm not surprised at that at all. It's just that that's a competitor level. That's, that's that drive that you have that I don't even like, it sounds like a regular professional athlete. They're like, I take a week off and I go right back to it. And that's so not like, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty badass i'm not gonna lie if it was me i'd be like i'm out for a few out like maybe a month or two months <laughs> yeah i know but and then the last question i have is what has been your favorite moment of your career so your weightlifting career so far so besides meeting me besides besides having you in the gym <laughs> yeah. um, i think so the most joyful moment because again i i get really i'm very hard on myself you know and um when I when I won worlds, like you'd think that was the pinnacle of my career, and I was so excited, but I didn't hit my best lifts. You know, I totaled three hundred eight. I wanted a three fifteen, so it wasn't it wasn't exactly what I wanted. You know, and it sounds so stupid, and it's such a weird feeling because when you're expected to win worlds and you win, it's not huge. That that first year for me in sixteen when I went to worlds and I took second, that was a straight shock. You know, yeah. I had no idea that I was going to be at that level, and I'm not. I'm not a big uh, celebration guy. I don't celebrate. You know, I I, I drop the weight. I walk off the platform, yeah. and I'm you know, and I don't cheer. I don't. You know, I'm very very calm. And when I took second in Germany, I like looked over at my wife in the crowd. There's you know 800 people in the stands, and I was like, number two, number two. Yeah. I'm yelling across the yeah. place and let her know I took second. And yeah. I, I think that was. The most fun I had. It wasn't my biggest accomplishment. Yeah. But it was super fun. Yeah. You know, we, we went all the way to Germany. I was petrified. I lost nine pounds in four days. I couldn't oh eat. Jesus. You know, we yeah. went out early and I weighed in, you know, my weight class was 207 pounds and I weighed in 199 pounds. Oh my God. So, which is the lightest I'd been in probably five years. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I saw it on the scale and I'm like, oh, I got weak. I lost all that weight. I'm never going to be strong. And yeah. then I had a good day and I was just, everything was like this, the coolest coolest experience you know and yeah. now like i said i'm very weird about stuff i immediately look for the next best thing so i now i want to win worlds i want you know i expect that i expect to be in the top but yeah. that first year when i hit it man that was cool i had no idea that's didn't know that was coming yeah <laughs> i remember we watched that down here at the gym yeah like, we had a watch party and that was like everyone was like holy shit did you just take second like i don't <laughs> think like but like it was awesome to even see it like you know your first accomplishment of winning worlds we had like a whole party down here but to be there and like to experience that and like for you not to expect it and oh yeah to take it man i think that's that maybe like might be the addiction that's yeah what oh yeah, yeah for yeah, sure yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're always looking for that next like hey man that felt really good yeah, yeah. let's do that again yeah you know? exactly let's get to that level but jared it's been a lot of fun man i appreciate you yeah, coming sure. on the show um you know like i said good friend of mine and i'm lucky to have you in my community and have you in my life as one of my best friends and can't thank you enough for coming on the show and yeah i appreciate it yeah of course yeah, you're the man so yeah. thanks brother yeah no problem all right that was my interview with jared coon awesome interview with jared uh definitely check it up check up on jared on his recent competition that's coming up on august 30th see how he does i hopefully we can guarantee another gold for Wesley and see where he goes for Worlds. Awesome interview with Jared. I hope you guys enjoyed it. 
on our next interview of the Brody Runback, Episode 5, I'm going to bring on a very, very special guest. The one and only URI's famous and fifth all-time leading scorer, Jimmy Barron. Uh, great interview with Jimmy. Glad to have, have him on the show. So much fun talking to Jimmy. Um, just a great, great guy overall. But you guys will definitely enjoy that episode. But I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Be safe out there. Stay safe. And I will see you next Monday.